Looking for a vacation that actually feels like a good movie? Well, look no more. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship from a ride on Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. So pack those bags, but be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. At Sport Clips Haircuts, they hairdo like no one else hair does. That's because not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. With the MVP haircut experience, your haircut gets turned up a notch. That's right, because the MVP is more than just a haircut. It's a spa day for your hair follicles. It's a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed towel all while your favorite sports play on the TV. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. Hey everybody, just a heads up. Today's episode of How Did This Get Made covers a film that is a sexual erotic thriller. In that thriller, there are plot points involving graphic sex, incest, and rape, which we do discuss. So just wanted to give you a heads up before you started listening. Bondage High Altitude, and CD-ROMs. We saw Killing Me Softly, so you know what that means. Now it's time for How did this get made? We're gonna have a good time Celebrate some failure Not just be a hater Can't you know you wonder How did this get made? Let's wallow in the mediocrity Of subpar art Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? I'm your host, Tall John Shear, and today's film is Killing Me Softly, released in 2002 with the tagline, How Can You Escape What You Can't Resist? It's like 25 shades of gray, uh, because while being a hardcore softcore it also is a thriller with a mystery that I would argue you could never figure out. Uh, but to break it all down, uh, I have my two co-hosts. Please welcome Jason Manzukis and June Diane Raphael. How are you both? Well, you know, this was a this was a wild ride. This was a wild ride. Um, <laughs> I did not. I, I, to your point, like reveals happened that I didn't know needed to be revealed. And I was flummoxed by quite a bit of this movie. But boy, I, you know, we don't make erotic thrillers anymore. It doesn't exist. It's a genre that's gone away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I do like an erotic thriller as they go. But this was this was a th- <sighs> there just were no answers. 
You know, and, there were well, no I answers. will say no answers and actually quite few questions. For the yes. first hour of the movie, <laughs> for the first hour of the movie, I kept writing in my notes, what am I supposed to be watching? What am I supposed to be latching onto? What is the so, story? I think, oh God, there's so many questions. I mean, I guess let's just start at the beginning because that first shot of those people falling off the mountain. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I They're trying to set a serious tone. Like the movie opens with this voiceover where you're hearing about this dramatic climb and you see everyone climbing. It's so much it's so ice that climbing. I, People are ice, ice climbing, climbing, like, you know, like the style of like the documentary this year, The Alpinist, with axes and crampons and, you know, in, in on a mountainside, you know. And it looks to me to feel like this is a movie about climbing. Okay, this is going to be like a K2 kind of film. That's immediately and what I thought as well. Then all of a sudden, there's an accident. People start to slip. And the way they fall off this mountain is like, the only way I could describe it is, it looked like what they used to do on the man show when people were jumping up and down on trampolines. Yeah. It was so like they were flying off into the air as if they were thrown by like a WWE wrestler, just like whoa! Well, it's like they're <laughs> attached to the mountain by ropes and uh, harnesses, and you know uh, they're drilling into the ice, and they're attached. And then you know it's unclear whether an avalanche, and then later we learn it's equipment failure on purpose. Um, but they fall in a way to Paul's point, not like people would fall just straight down the mountain, hitting the mountainside as they go. They fall as if they are rocketed out into midair. And then later in the movie, when they show the actual fall and the, it's just three dummies falling through space and that fall lasts for, I don't know, three and a half minutes. Oh, it, it's the, a the, long the, fall. The film, I feel like the film was like, we need more time. We'll just show the dummies falling longer. I mean, the movie is just squeaking in at the 90-minute mark. And I will say that they don't even trust the audience because, June, before even you get to that climbing, you're seeing these picturesque, you know, mountains, and you're hearing this voiceover, and then they're intercutting, like, softcore sex over it. Like, hey, don't worry. We're going to get to the fucking. Like, don't worry. Like, if you can't make it through this first 15 seconds, it's coming. Like, it really was, like... An interesting juxtaposition to put hardcore sex like behind, like in the mountain scenery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, the people falling like it. It is really hard to for those of you who haven't seen it. You know, I, it is really hard to describe why it was so funny because it's not even that. It's like it, it's the way people are falling. <laughs> In the air, it's so chaotic and so frantic, and especially the long shot, the, the wide shot of the dummies falling. There's no. First of all, I thought when you fall off a mountain, you die within from just a heart attack within Wait, like, I would, almost that immediately. That would be my guess. Well, yeah. I mean, but you would, but you would have a couple of seconds of being alive. I mean, they you have a like, couple seconds, but they seem to be alive <laughs> the whole time, yeah. like the whole time until impact, and they seem to be miked. Yes. They also seem to be, we can hear them breathing, struggling. We can, it's like, Very we are getting, clearly. we're really inside of this fall. Again, and not to like hammer at home, but I will just j piggyback on what June is saying. June and I are fans of Wipeout, All Incarnations, Australia, 
America, New with John Cena and Nicole Byer, and the way that the people on that show Wipeout fall, they have to run across the course, and they get, like, you know, punched with, like, a big, giant mitt, you know, and they fly into the water. It looked like that. It, they were they were launched in <laughs> yeah, a way that was... It was as if the mountain was fighting them. It was like if they all took a punch from the mountain. Because what we're seeing is them just skidding down the side of the mountain. What would happen is, yes, they would just slide down the face of the the ice they're trying to climb, you know. But here it looks like they hit a ramp from like a a Disney cartoon and Goofy is like, woo! It's like it really is. It, it does is seem like, as though you're right. They all appear to be launched off of the mountain. Yeah, June is physicalizing then, it right now. I am because perfect. it was almost like they were doing like cartwheels off of it. Like that their their limbs were sort of rotating around. It it looked like if you were to go to the circus and see a bunch of clowns like fall out of a fire truck or something. It really did look like what, what well, that would very look like. very evocative they- image. <laughs> By the way, uh, you should definitely, June has been, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to blow this up too early, but June has been artistic director for the New York uh, City Circus and she's been doing some great stuff. The NYCC, New York City Circus, you know, uh, they have decommissioned uh, uh, New York Fire Department fire trucks. They pack (laughs) them full of clowns and the clowns fly out. They just shoot them out. Now, I will say this. Uh, We're hearing Heather Graham do this voiceover. We don't know how she's connected. We go to our next scene to establish her life. Okay, I want to play a clip of this because. Why don't you start at the beginning? It's always the easiest. I'd already been in London a year and a half. For the first six months, I'd been incredibly lonely. Then I met Jake. I designed CD-ROMs and websites for corporate clients. That must pay well. It sounds fancier than it is. Jake was an engineer. Tunnels and bridges, that sort of thing. All right, so we get this idea. She's designing CD-ROMs. She says a line there like, I know that sounds exciting, but it's not. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. Event, sound, yeah. It doesn't sound like ooh. You just and like, later CD-ROM. when we see her in the creative meeting, and she's like, "The game we have on the CD-ROM is only attractive to men. Women don't like games. Women like stories." And I'm like, "She was right. This is not an exciting job, you know. Like trying to <laughs> trying to rope people into putting CD-ROMs into their computer to like buy she, a product." Uh, well, by the way, she also pronounces it CD-ROMs. CD-ROMs. <laughs> By the way, she also, but it also seems like it's not even designing like CD-ROMs. It's like designing like, okay, I work at Taco Bell. Here's an interactive CD-ROM that I would learn how to like work the cash register. It's like instructional videos for corporations. Because at one point her boss, who June, uh, you thought was played brilliantly by who? Who did I think that was? Now I can't remember. June thought that who in this film it was? that it was Alan Rickman. And, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow. And she I bet it me. Was she bet me. Stopped the movie to pull up IMDb to prove to me it was Alan Rickman. Wow. It you was know, not- here's what I'll say to your credit, June. It's not obviously Alan Rickman, but the man looks. He ha- he has Alan Rickman esque features. He's that kind of a British guy. <laughs> Very much guy. so. And then I thought the I thought the woman was Jane Seymour. 
Oh, intro. Wow. By, I a, by so, the way, I would so much rather watch the movie that you just cast oh, than yeah. the movie we watched. <laughs> well, by the way, this is what this movie feels like. It all feels like a, a copy. We also got the lesser fine. Yes. You're, you're going to get like, Every, like I thought everybody was someone else. Yeah. You know, and that other person was better. And I will yeah. say this the whole movie can be really encapsulated with the opening shot of the city. I said to June, like, you know, look, I'm not the most uh, traveled person, but when I see an establishing shot, I would hope to know, like, oh, I think we are here. That establishing shot of the city, I was like, okay, where are we? Are we in London? Are we in Toronto? Are we in San Francisco? Like, there was nothing iconic. It was just sort of like cityscape. But we find out that she is a... Uh, She's an, an Ameri- expat living an ex- in merry old England. Who uh, can- apparently prints out every photo on her photo stream because there is a a line of photos on the wall of her and her boyfriend that look like they were taken all within the same afternoon. And she's like, I can't decide. Let me frame all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like they really have to drill down in those first moments to make you understand that she has both in the voiceover and in that set design with all the pictures and all that, that she has found love. She has finally found her man, dot, dot, dot. Everything is great. She finally is happy in her life. And then on her way to work, she and Voldemort's brother touch the same, um, touch the same traffic light uh, and have instant like electric chemistry uh, the movie wants us to think i mean well first just to go all, back for a yeah. second like i don't oh god i'm sorry if this is a terrible thing to say but all of the photos on her wall are professional and photos of the two of them it looks like they they went somewhere and brought a photographer and took <laughs> photos like, gl- like of just glamour like, shots glamour shots of just like frolicking around And I have been to a couple of homes where people have an unusual number of professional photographs of themselves. I don't like it. I don't like it. I find those people to be suspect. If you have too many pictures of you and your family around, I'm suspect. I'm not suspect of too many pictures. So I'm suspect of too many professional photos. Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm suspect of too many photos of the couple it is like if you have kids sure you have a co- more photos up probably but if you're just an in a couple in a couple you're not even engaged you're you're plastering your house with all the like it feels what like what are well, you why do you need that my question is why, why do you, you need, need to be it? physically reminded of the fact that yeah. you are in a like, why do you like, need this? If you're this? Heather Graham and you're in that apartment with what's his face, you just look at him. Like yeah. he's right there. Exactly. Like, well, here's the other thing, people. Can we just address like, wouldn't this movie be a lot stronger if she wasn't into this guy? Like she's like, you know what? Yes. I am. I am. I am discontented. I haven't found somebody, but I'm with this person. But they position this movie like. I'm in love. This is perfect. Like, she seems perfect. So I think the minute that she, you know, exchanges glances with uh, Joseph Fiennes and she's like, I'm ready to fuck this guy. Like, it feels like, oh, you're a bad person. She continually will show us throughout the film. She's a bad person. Just in the way her tact, she has very bad tact. But I, I feel like it makes the movie immediately make her a little bit more unlikable that this perfect life is simply upended by a, a furtive glance. Well, and, you know, I wouldn't even mind that if they 
if they gave us a little bit more. You know, they really only give us this one setup and then it's immediately undercut. She, you know, she leaves her boyfriend. Goodbye, goodbye. They have breakfast together. It's cute. In the voiceover, she's telling the police officer how much she loves him and By how the way, great their life is. does anyone have breakfast with their, like, I, whenever I see that in the film, I'm like, are people having breakfast on a work Day. Like, I, I don't think that we're sitting down at the table having breakfast. I don't know. I, that might be something. Nice. I think it does. I, I noticed it, too. And I thought though that's for people who are both having to get to work at the same time. And they might be like, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll go to our respective commutes after we have a breakfast. Well, I mean, he does pay for her tunnel tickets or her tube tickets, which he <laughs> really yeah, throws in her face. Later on, I know. <laughs> God, really? He really uses that as ammunition. And I think it's nice to have breakfast together, but. I mean, I would like to have breakfast together, but it seems like they, I, I, I they could get some more sleep in time if they just, you know, if they plan it right. <laughs> Grab that bagel on the way to work. Uh, well, listen, here's the thing: he is a snooze in the sack, so yes. that's not, you know, that's a well, comparatively, a comparatively, and that is what we are meant to understand: is that right. she's with a good guy who doesn't like drive her wild, and she meets Joseph Fines, and within within exchanging glances. She goes to work, is distracted, goes down to the bookstore where Joseph Fines is. He walks Still, out. Weirdly. He walks out. They don't say anything to each other. They get into a cab. They drive to his home, and they have sex. Oh, like and they, they, explicit they had, sex instantly. They they have sex, and I and I'm always kind of. Uh, these are movies that make me cringe a little bit because I'm like, ooh, I, I feel like it's too, I'm, I'm seeing too much. Uh, it's too personal. Uh, they attack each other like animal. I mean, they are, it, it is yeah. an animalistic, like he is boom, boom, boom. And they are going at it. So it does make I, me- I wrote, yeah. they immediately start going to town on each other. Yes, I mean- <laughs> And I they, believe they don't know each other's names yet. They, no. they also, they don't talk. They show them, they make sure to show them in the cab silent. And she has her hand on the door like, am I going to be attacked? And then the, the driver is looking. They add a lot of shots that yes make us, I don't know, how to feel about it. It's like, she, I well, guess she's second guessing it. the movie is, from the very beginning, framing him as potentially dangerous for the second half of the movie's plot. You know, Right. But at the same yeah. time, she has done everything like... He doesn't follow her. He goes into the bookstore. She goes back into work. She peers out the window. She, by the way, has a meeting at work, a yeah. full meeting, then goes back and is like, let me go check out that bookstore. Just in. All right. So if we just put this all <laughs> at face value, Heather Graham is dumb as shit because she just went probably to work for 90 minutes to two hours. And I'm being conservative there. And then goes, you know, I'm going to check that bookstore, see if he's still there. Like, who would still be and like like I'm just go back and and she peeks in like ooh like like a little like like you know uh, like an around an around the corner peeper like an around the corner like she is and gets busted busted because he still is there which is really the hardest part of this whole story that I have to buy. Like, all right, so then he happened to be there on the day that there was a signing. He also is the guy in the front window, but she doesn't put that together even though. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot of details here. I, you know, the movie is, especially in the first hour, like upfront, like horny. Yes. 
You know, the movie is explicitly horny. They are just, they have, you know, instant chemistry and cannot be held back. You know, they are just, just like they are sent down. I think this, I mean, her name is Alice. I'm assuming this is going to be an Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole. Alice Tallis is her name. Uh, You know, she goes through the looking glass of like being like this sexual discovery with this high adventurer guy who's a mountain climber. We find out who's the mountain climber from who was on the mountain where the tragedy occurred from the opening scene. And he's doing press press for a book that he didn't write that is written about him and how he saved people. Like, so that's an interesting story, too. It's like. He is signing books but that about story, him. So I'm confused. Yes. Is that story about what we saw in the beginning? Because yes. yes. it seemed like all of those people fell fell off crazily. What? How many? It's, and he, that he was the only survivor. No, so I think a he's, bunch of people fell and off. His sister. He, and some and his survived. Sister, a couple people stayed on. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Somebody says to her when she goes in the bookstore later and he's not there or something like that. The guy, the bookstore guy says, or somebody says, um, you know, he's a hero. He saved six lives that day or, or something to that effect. Um, but they also quite a lost. Scene. They also lost. Yeah. And by the way, this story comes back up multiple times. It figures prominently into the end of the film. But when he is explaining. I mean, okay. first of all, she goes and buys the book. She buys the book and then immediately has the book next to her, goes to visit him again. And is it feels like um, she's just jerking it just with the idea of the book in her hand in the cab going to her. Oh, uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. The the book is like the book has even (laughs) a sexual power to it. Yeah, I felt like that was more because she knows she's going to see him. She's on her way to see him. Um, or something. I don't know. I don't think it was. I don't know if it was actually sexualizing the, <laughs> yeah, the, I think the book itself. The book is. The book is. By the way, the, I would have liked this movie so much more if she fucked the book in one scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says to him. I mean, my favorite line in this movie. I mean, the dialogue in this movie is be like is is not even first pass. It's like I'm. Like, I'm racing to explain a story to you. Like, okay, so what happens? She's like, oh, yeah, I like your book. And then he's like, oh, yeah, well, actually, that was a thing. Like, the dialogue is so, like, she's like, I saw your book. It looks cool. Like, and he's like, well, it's actually not cool. A lot of people died. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then, and then that he That made goes, me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah. People died like, that day. And she's like, I like, she's like, Including the woman cool. he loved. Fucking idiot. Yeah. It Including cool. the woman he loved. He, she's yeah, like, but glad the book is cool. Yeah. Glad I the loved, book I loved your cool. book. The book about the love of my life dying. Oh, cool. Thank and you. Then, <laughs> and then he goes that to That would make me to, honestly say, did you read the book? She did it. She just said, she just said, it looks cool. Like she's, she, she just bought it and she's like, yeah, it looks cool. Like the cover of it oh looks cool. God. Like I'm into the cover. And that kind of feels like her personality in a nutshell. But when she says it looks cool, he goes, ah, everyone died that day. And then he describes how suffocation works, which... We get, like, he describes it in a way as if he's like, look, let me explain the most complicated thing that you've ever heard. And then he takes a goldfish out here. Do you know what it's like over 20,000 feet? It's like this. Without air, the brain cells die. It shuts down. And then the rest of the body follows. I mean, this whole scene where he has to show her a goldfish like and almost this, dying. This, look, this looks very real to me. 
Like, yes. This is not like a uh, an effect. Yeah. You know, this movie yeah. is too old to have an effective like effect here. They really did this to this fish. Oh, I feel like goldfish don't get any pita treatment. Like, I feel like yeah. people are like, like, we got bigger fish to fry, quite literally. Literally. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's such a bizarre moment. Like, but I guess that's setting because I guess this movie is. I'm having trouble going. What am I watching? Because he does bring her into like sexual asphyxiation, right? That's a part of the story. But that's not, like, a driving part of it either. Well, a lot of it is they are, like, the movie is telling us they are falling in love. She dumps her boyfriend um, and tries to move in with Adam, is uh, the character's name. Um, Yes. Joseph finds his name. Um, And she is just instantly besotted and making... Life choices. She, 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 if you notice, she changes her entire wardrobe. She, look, her all of she, her clothes are different. She totally Kanye Julia Foxes in this relationship. It's a I real mean. glow up. <laughs> uncut jams. She suddenly is <laughs> wearing jams. all these bright uncut jams. <laughs> the um, fact that Netflix changed it for a day is the funniest. Oh wait, thing. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, for a day Netflix changed it to uncut jams and 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 <laughs> and then like wrote a fake bio for it that was like oh, That's funny. Yeah. It was <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah, save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eat all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. How did this get made? We'll be going to the UK in March and April, not just the UK, we're also going to Ireland. And you know what? I am excited to go overseas, but I realized that while I'm spending money over there, I could actually be making some money on the side over here by hosting my place. Now, let me tell you about hosting your place. It's something that you can do. It's available for everyone. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Now, many people uh, host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't realize that their space could even be an Airbnb. I mean, hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. 
All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Oh, can we just talk about the breakup? He's... Now we see him very differently. He's like in underwear watching a soccer her boyfriend, game. Her, her boyfriend. Her living yes. boyfriend, who she lives, again, Damn. lives with. And they need to do something because they live in seemingly like a studio apartment. It's very small when you get to see it. Like they have to bring her, like they show her like putting a vase on a table like late at night because you know that someone's got to break that fucking vase. Like that table <laughs> needs to be flipped over. Like they needed something to <laughs> like, like just to have it there. Like she puts it down. So in 30 in seconds, a minute, goes, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Which is so weird. Cause it's like, it could have just already been there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, this movie though is all about, Chekhov's blank, Chekhov's vase, Chekhov's flare gun, <laughs> Chekhov's everything is established before it's used, so if that you, you understand and, ex- and explained. Everything is like really, like like highlighted for the watcher to be like, well, now look, the flare gun works like this, and it lives <laughs> right here, and so, but you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> That is called, uh, that is actually really good. You're planting seeds. You know, it's it's foreshadowing. It's Canterbury Tales. Here's what I just want to, I just need to get to quickly because, you know, I knew right away that the sister was responsible. Sure. But I okay. guess the sister played by Natasha McElhone. By the way, fantastic. I would argue yes. that you probably know that because there are only four people in the movie, yeah. right? And two of yeah. them. <laughs> and we know yeah. that the sister was on was on the rock climbs with yes. the brother. She's also a climber on his team. That's right. But I still do not understand if I do not understand why she was killing these women. Oh. And I still don't really understand. Do yeah. Well, I think that she molested him when he was 15. By the way, the way they handle like male and, and sibling sexual abuse is so disturbing in this movie and so um, careless and reckless and The reveal that there is an incest narrative comes so upsetting. at the very end in a way that is very unsettling. I'm gonna, actually, I will play that clip so you can hear how they do it. She didn't have to die. If only she told me she was going back to Michael. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think gave him his first piece of silk? He was just 15. I'm talking about fucking Alice! That's right! We fucked right here! Adam is mine! He's mine! Why? Yeah, so... So, um... And I think as an audience, we are meant to be, like, titillated by this, and it's just so horrible. Anyway, so... I was just very upset and disturbed by that. But I I think she's just deranged. And any woman that was dating him, if they left him, she would then kill that woman. Or I think that she was killing them. Or it looked like they might stay. Yes. I think she was killing them if it looked like that. Yeah, because she says she wants to remember Heather Graham reads the letter where the woman says, I'm going back to my husband. 
And I'm going okay. back to my husband. And then when Natasha McElhone hears that, she says, I would have let her live if I knew she was going back Go to back her, her husband. husband. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But then here's my question. Who is sending Heather Graham those notes? Natasha McElhone. The, the, yeah. The she sister. admits it in the car. Yeah. She says, I sent, I sent you those, those notes. Up. Yeah. Because I think what she's saying is the notes are her effort to be like, I don't want to have to kill you. So so she's trying to slow it down, lady. She's pushing it. She's trying to help get them out of the picture naturally. And then she kind of hides it by saying, look, you know, he's got a temper and I'm trying to protect you. So she's going that way. But now Adele's letter, Adele's letter about going back to her husband, that was Adele writing to Joseph Fiennes going, and this Adele, is the Adele Dazim. Yeah, Adele Dazim. So now, okay, okay, <laughs> fine. Now, wait, wait. now is now, Adele... But, but does it, he have... Does, does Joseph Fine's character know that any of this happened? That these no, women died no. that way? He only puts it together at the very end when he sees the two pictures... He puts it together that um, oh the sister okay. is responsible. Wait, but now I have a question about these two pictures, and I'm I'm gonna. I, oh, and he fi- I'm sorry, and he finds the flawed um, climbing equipment and, in his sister's house. And the necklace was the same. Well, I don't know if and the necklace. Yes, but, and the and necklace, necklace was the same. That okay. that's also what, what helps. Was that him. necklace though? Well, it's the necklace that the sister gives all of the women in Joseph's life, who yes. you know are it's like almost who basically like, like she marks them for death. I yeah, think. that's. I, that's the, that's the mark. It's like once you get that necklace, you're going to be one step closer to death. I think. We don't know because this movie is wall-to-wall voiceover because clearly not a lot. We're doing a lot of lot, work for yes, it. There, a lot okay, of stuff yeah. did not work. But here's the thing I will say. And I'm going to, again, open myself up to be incredibly stupid and, 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 and uh, you know, just to understand. Adele. Is Adele. she Adele? Is she the doppelganger of Heather Graham? They look, when I looked at those two Polaroids. I thought they were the same they, person. They, they did look the same, similar. Yeah. They, look, they looked so similar that I was like, I paused it and I was like, wait, that is that, that looks I like Heather thought, Graham. I thought that that was Heather Graham. Me and that for too. some reason, that Polaroid. Oh. So that's why I was looking for Ooh, a different mystery. Even more interesting movie. I was well, like, thanks. why is her picture in that house? And yeah, why, why, why is her picture in that frame? And why is that woman putting a nudie photo into like, oh, this is my daughter. Oh, these great pictures of my daughter. Here she is, topless, out in front of a statue. In a graveyard. In a graveyard, <laughs> moments before her death. Well, and like, she says, to- that's the last picture I have. I think that's probably the last picture taken of her. I would so I found it amongst her, her, her um, artifacts or whatever they found. But they looked so alike. And I understand that yeah. that's probably why Joseph Fiennes wants Heather Graham. But then I didn't find anyone to be commenting on that. Like, oh my God, well, she looks I think just like her. I th- yeah, well, that's true. But I think what the, again, I'm doing a little bit of work for the movie. I think the movie in doing so is trying to tell the audience, this is his thing. He has a type. He has a system. Right. He finds a blonde. He takes her to the cemetery. Then he kills her. Takes boom, boom, boom. It's all topless. setting up. Yes. It's and- to convince us that he is the, mur- it's a misdirect to convince us that he has a pattern of behavior that leads to murder. Because right? this man is rage. Well, the reason. The reason why they show you how he's rage filled is one of the best sequences in the movie where uh, where Alice uh, where Alice is uh, walking down the street with her friend and she is mugged. Somebody puts a knife to her throat, this uh, ne'er do well. And uh, and Joseph, they're going to meet Joseph Fiennes. uh, But on the way of meeting Joseph Fiennes, he happens to be behind them like he was following them. 
And then he sees the attack and he chases down the attacker and then beats the living shit out of them. Like, like just like near death, near yeah. death. And then they start making out him and, uh, and Heather, Heather Graham, Graham covered in blood, covered in start blood, making out. And the camera is doing like Michael Bay style circles around them while people look on horrified. I thought they were going to fuck on that police car because <laughs> yes. it like the cops are coming to the scene of the crime. People are like, what is going on here? And they're making it like, marry me, marry me, <laughs> marry me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never happen again. I won't let it. Are you okay? Yeah. I'll always be here, Alice. Yeah. I'll protect you. Say you believe me. I believe you. Marry me. Marry me. Huh. And soon. Tomorrow. The day after, as soon as possible. Marry me. Yes. Yes. Like, so he's also not a sound man. Well, I yeah, mean, this is where they start to build a case that is like he is dangerous, he is potentially a murderer, he is you know, this is when the this but this is an hour into the movie. The first hour has just been languid sex scenes and like wow. nonsense and suddenly it becomes like the thriller element kicks in and all that stuff goes away and it becomes Heather Graham's trying to solve like detective story. You know, well, trying to I mean, solve. She impersonates a journalist. She does. She she's she goes to talk to Adele's mom. She's like it becomes just a detective story for the second half of the movie because she's thinks she has married a murderer, a rapist, and a murderer. To be well, clear, which is what she's being told. Right, because the article that comes out in the newspaper, uh, there's somebody who writes in and says, "Hey." I know about this guy. He's no hero. He raped me. So then she pretends to be the newspaper writer, goes to visit this woman that he has raped. And then, I mean, Heather Graham across the board on this movie is making some bad choices. Uh, she then goes, tells the newspaper reporter, hey, by the way, I pretended I was you and I interviewed her. And the newspaper reporter's <laughs> like, wait, what? She's like, I, it's no big deal. I just needed to find out. I'm a wife. I and was curious. I was curious. And so, and the poor reporter was like, what if she calls my editor to ask about the story? And he's just like, ah, whatever. And then she goes home and then tells Joseph Fiennes, like, hey, by the way, uh, there was a woman who said that you raped her and I went to go talk to her. And he's like, oh, her. Now, are we to believe that he did rape her or did well, not I rape her? The movie, by the movie's logic, where that's a that's like a they're trying to say. I feel like they're using the rape story to convince Heather Graham that he's in fact a rapist yes. and a murderer. Yes, that he is a murderer and he's going to murder her. And while the movie then absolves him of the murders by, by making Natasha McElhone uh, the murderer, it never answers the question. I think it 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 never it never uh, cl clarifies the rape at all. And so I think we are left to believe he is just a rapist, but not a murderer. Or or he's telling the truth oh because, because I mean, when he chases her out of the bucket, first of all, he ties her to the table. Because here's some other things that are weird about Joseph Fiennes. He ties her to a table, like, um, you know, legs and arms. So she's splayed out there. And again, it looks like, oh, is With he going to do- rope that is already in place for this. Oh, I guess he knew that that's what he was going to do. By the way, I'm going to say this. This movie had too much baggy clothes for them. The amount of His thriller- His pants are oh so baggy. They are- <laughs> 
I mean, his jackets, his cow neck sweaters. I mean, the fact that Heather Graham is wearing like a kimono-esque robe for the majority. Like she's doing detective work, hard detective work in a kimono robe. I'm like, get, everyone's, everyone just you put could on some fit form-fitting four clothes. people into the, his pant legs. It and is... and uh, it's a lot of Henleys and a lot of tapered leg cargo pants. Uh, but he ties her to this table and you think it's going to be, and this is where the movie always is like tricky. It's like, is it bondage gone too far, right? Like, is it, is it like, is that what, is that what we're about to see here? Like he ties her to the table and they have like this passionate sex. And then he's like, I'm, I would never hurt you. But then he ties her to the table and he looks at her and he goes, I could break your neck. I love you so much. <laughs> I'm like, well, first of all, I, is that a thing? Do we say it? Like, <laughs> we got to unpack that a little bit too. Is that, that's not a thing that you would say to someone that could break your neck. No, again, I feel like this is the movie just trying to convince us to, to believe that he is the murderer so that to not think of the sister as the, the movie really drills down on he is evil. Capable of violence, as evidenced by the the purse snatcher that he beats near to death. And now, through their kind of BDSM play, he is shown to be even more potentially violent or more dangerous, you know, and which is scaring her. Uh, you but know. he does let her up to go pee, which is good. And then she escapes out the window and then he chases her down like a straight up maniac. And this is like the tricky thing of this movie because I understand you're supposed to go both ways. Like, oh, is he the murderer? Is he not the murderer? We don't know that much about him. She just got married to him. She's finally asking these questions. And by the way, this movie feels like it was written for a 21-year-old actress. At this point, Heather Graham is not 21 years old, I don't think. I mean, well, maybe she is. I, I mean, don't know. She, she looks really young. I mean, yeah, she, she really plays, she definitely plays the naivete, like, at an all-time high, I think, because it's like she, uh, like she seems very established in the world that she's in. Like she is the the head CD-ROM designer, and she Rome. is Rome. She is, you know, <laughs> she seems to be ahead of the game. But when she runs out that window and she escapes out the window from him, he chases her. He like, but he is like, what would he have done to her if he caught her? I guess is the question. Oh, I mean, oh, I think. Lord. In the moment, we're meant to believe that he's going to do harm to her. But, but I mean, I but now that, that we know that he's I think not by that. the ending of the movie's reveal, I think he's concerned for her. OK, by the way, she's 32 years old when this movie comes out. OK, so that she is definitely playing up the I, I mean, think the idea we're meant to believe is like when he brings the jacket and shoes to the police station for her, that that is actually like a, a caring move. But he does it in front of the mirror with the I one know, tear, which seems, which seems like so a, manipulative. It exactly. Like and it, that's what the I feel like the movie is constantly trying to manipulate us. And it's very hard to shit. I think he's a bad guy, even he though he's a bad guy, but he's not a murderer. murders. He is a bad guy. Listen, you can be a. a a total psychopath and not be a murderer. Yes, and exactly. I believe he is an absolute fucking twisted nut job. And I he believe a red red flag in human and and sweater <laughs> form. Like yeah. he really is. Well, um, so is she though. I don't you think that she's like a bit of like uh, like he she is just as unkind. She is not a kind person. Like the way she breaks up with her boyfriend really cold. Like where I'm dumping you. And then uh, and then the way that she like brings 
out her boyfriend's best friend who happens to be a woman and they're sitting there and she's like, I'm in love. I, everything hilarious. is great. And the friend's like, hey, chill. The, the, you're talking about my friend. Like you're acting yeah. insane. She's like, I won't even tell you about the lingerie. And the friend is like, I don't want to hear yeah, about it. Don't. I don't. Your ex, my friend, is having a really hard time. You broke his heart. You ruined both of your lives. And she but seemingly gets- the hard gets, thing yeah. too is that like, I'm fine to like- it would be fine if it was just like, oh, there's this crazy physical connection between the two of them. Like, okay. It's just the sex scenes and that that piece of it become comical. They don't, because the sex scenes are so like, happen first of all so quickly and they yeah. have sex immediately. We, before they even know each other's names, like there's nothing really building. It's just, it happens. And then... When they're having basically having sex, like after she's been mugged, it just becomes so embarrassing. Yeah. It yeah. is embarrassing to watch the two of them together. It's too much. And and I I'm glad that the sex kind of cuts down at a certain point, but it like it is like them making out in the street, you're like, you're both insane. She's getting married the next day. You are insane. Like there are like there's there's enough stuff here that like I don't trust anyone in this movie. I don't even trust the best friend of the ex uh, boyfriend. She's no. moving in with him either. So when she was painting that room, I was like, what's going on here? All pink. And she says, purple. hey, look. She's like, oh yeah, purple. And she goes, sorry, I'm colorblind. And she says. uh, she says, oh, well, it's just an age-old story of I moved in to console my best friend about his breakup. Like, hold on. You moved into an apartment to console your best friend from a breakup? Like, I get, like, moved in to help someone who is sick. But, like, have you ever, has anyone ever moved in to console someone from a breakup? Like, like what is going on there? Yeah. Well, I think they just, I think she she moves in, I think, because they start seeing each other. You okay, know. I thought you said I, I originally moved in to con- help him be consoled. I thought that's how she said I think said, she was it. saying, you know, I, I started to take care of my friend and then we kind of okay. fell for each other, Got you it. know. Um, but that that seems to be there. So they, they're the only people having a normal series of events happen to them. I guess. You know, what's you happening to Heather Graham, Heather Graham's character is like, uh, is the plot of a bad movie, you know. Now listen, um, if, if you're dating somebody and they have like a closet that has a padlock on it. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it's such an old timey, by the way, such an old timey pirate padlock too. I mean, it was, the key key was gigantic. He lives alone. Like there's no reason. What is the reason to have a lock like that on a door? If it's just, I thought it was going to be and I living in the apartment. I thought it was going to be like a Fifty Shades of Grey thing where it's like, oh, that's where he keeps all of his sex tools and he doesn't want to like show her his sex tools right away. But no, it seems like. Uh, but does she they, ever ask him just like, hey, what's in that what, what, that that um, closet upstairs? I saw it had a a lock on it. What like what's that about? They don't appear to have conversations. No, yeah. they they're, they they exclusively they never have a chat. They know ne- we no. don't see we never see a scene in which they are just talking. They are either staring at each other or fucking and and or are running away from each other or she is running away from him and he is spying on her. You I know, mean, it is the movie never lets you have the never, movie never lets you sit in. This is their day to day relationship. 
You know what I mean? They're it's certainly really... not having breakfast with each other. No, exactly. I mean exactly. They they are like she seems giddy around him when she goes to answer his phone. It like it does feel like a high school. Like there's something so pure about Heather Graham. I think it's like her face. She just seems so like light and airy like the like when she answers his phone it feels like she's never answered a phone before like you know like <laughs> everything to her is new i will also say that that makes some of the reactions to when she's scared to be some of the funnier scenes yeah. out of the movie. Listen, the other <laughs> thing was that I was like, well, surely her tech skills and her knowledge of CD yes. Roams is Roams. going to come into play here. Like, we're going to see her digitally track down. Get in the virtual her, reality world, yeah. Yeah, track down, like, the, the mystery here and, like, unlock it all. That never happens. No, no. You know, she we're use dealing any with like locks and keys and hikes and flare guns and, you know, um, she doesn't use anything shit up with like her hands, basically. But why is she digs a corpse up with her own hands? Okay, you know? here's my question. This is why I still feel like there's a lot of the mystery that's not resolved for me. So that corpse, <sighs> Adele's Adele, mm-hmm. right? Who's missing? Who's, who's been yeah. missing? So that so she was killed eight months ago. She is not the That's same it, person who fell off the mountain. Eight so yeah, there she's is, not the mountaineer. Death. People fell off the mountain, oh and then Adele is in addition to the mountain. Are there any? Is there anybody else? By the way, how is this guy getting over Adele? Like, that's another thing that worries me. Yeah. It's like, like Adele has or been he even missing her, or meant like he. So and he. So we're meant to believe when he calls. Adele's mom, again, retroactively, yeah. when he calls Adele's mom to find out what's going on with the missing persons case, that, I guess we're meant to believe, is genuine. He genuinely, caringly, is I worried so. about his missing ex-girlfriend. But what if Adele comes back and... He's, and she's, he's married. He's married. He didn't even wait eight months. Yeah, he moves on quick. By the way, why was he staying at his sister's house when they seemingly live very close to each other? Unclear. Okay. Cause, cause I have uh, a problem with that, too, because he's staying at his sister's house, and he's he's fucking all over that house. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, thanks. And, I mean, I, and that's just so gross. So when the sister comes back and is cleaning up all of his stuff, like, and Heather Graham's there, I'm like, this dude, although now that I understand more about their relationship. No, she like, would like that, I think. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but what was the issue it's that she had? juices are everywhere. She said, because she said, they're definitely not using condoms. Like, I don't feel like that sex scene is <laughs> that first. Not. That, definitely not condoms. Like, and they have not talked at all. And by the way, she goes not after spoken. her ho-hum guy. And she's trying, like, I mean, first of all, that's like. I mean, you know, she's having filet mignon and then she's trying to have a McDonald's burger and she's kind of comparing contrast. Wow. So it's going to it's going to fall <laughs> flat. But I, but I but I'm going to say that like the there is such like a there's a weird there's all, all these like weird things that are set up like she's like, oh, he always takes down pictures. Well, wait, what is that about? Like he he is taking down pictures in her house of himself or of her? I think he's taking down pictures that include the woman who died on the mountain who he was in love with. All right, because he feels like pictures steal people's souls? 
Well, that, that's what she was explaining. To me, I thought it was just because he didn't want to be reminded of the love he lost on the mountain. I mean, so this guy is but a yes, tragic. Tasha McElhone says, like, she, jo- I like pictures because they remind me of the people I love or whatever. And jo- he, Joseph Fiennes doesn't like them because he thinks it steals his soul or some nonsense. I'm like, and what, like, we're, we're dropping a lot. It's like, at a certain point, it's like, and he likes oatmeal. It's like, and the cat what, is what watching. Am I, what am I doing the, with this information? You're giving me so much information that I don't even know what to parse out. I'm like, what? What is important and what's not important? That's why when the flare gun comes into play and he does that elaborate monologue about, oh, look, uh, we always, it looks like he was replenishing a flare gun. Like the flare gun looked like yeah. it wasn't there. He's like, oh, uh, we got married. We're getting married. Let's run into the cemetery. I'm going to take a topless picture of you real quick, which, by the way, is Photoshop when we look at it later. But they were in the location. Why didn't someone just take a picture of her in front of the thing? We, we got, we have that shot, but it was Unclear. so bad. Uh, so, but it seems like Joseph Fiennes is like, oh, right, I'm putting this flare gun back here because I guess someone took it. Like, he didn't take it out of the box and then shoot it. Or maybe he did. I don't know. I thought he took it out of yeah, his bag. No, I agree. We didn't it, it was, see it, but yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was there. It's, and why is he confusing. shooting a flare? And why, and why is an established climber shooting a flare gun? Like, wouldn't that send That's an a alarm? He says to Heather Graham, hey, look, and he shoots a flare up into the sky right after they've gotten married. I felt in a way to be like, celebratory. we did like almost like a firework. But anybody in the surrounding area that's would say somebody needs help. Well, that that's, you know that like, flare yeah. means somebody needs help. There's like on no the trail. Yeah, for sure. And then and then he like leaves her alone in the forest. And is like come come find me. And then yeah. she like walks for like a couple hours to then find this fuck cabin. Well, the movie like makes a twist. The minute they get married, the movie's like you you blew it, Heather Graham, because now he's a monster. Right. Um, and guess what? You you got it. You're in over your head because exactly he abandons her in the woods. He like literally runs away from her. Uh, and what you find out is so that he can get to the cabin first and set it up with all the candles and all the blah blah blah. But really, it's like he's a dick. You know, he's a dick who is being like purposefully. Uh, 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 kind of scaring her or making her feel alone or making her feel in a way that is, I feel like manipulating her into being like in his thrall, you know? But I feel like I don't even get that because even when they do like when he's choking her in that scene, like nothing gets too rough in the sex. Like it, like it seems like they're both consensual participants. She's always going along with him. And I feel like that is such an interesting I don't know. A, a weird choice is like you're walking me down this one pathway of like, will she find her limit? What's her limit? But they don't ever really do. They don't really push the sex story. It's not like Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, sex like goes away in the second yeah. half of the movie. The minute the movie posits that he might be a murderer, well, they really don't have sex again. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like when she. Oh, God. Again, so many red flags. Like the conversation where she's asking him, like, did you sexually assault, rape this woman? He does not put down his newspaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he, like, brushes it off in a very gaslighting way. In a way, like, saying, like, oh, everyone asks me about this. Uh, Yes, I didn't rape this woman. your partner is not willing to stop reading the daily newspaper for that conversation, I don't care if he did. I don't care if he didn't. I don't care what the story is. Like, you have to Yeah, this warrants a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like put down your paper. Stop, stop reading Family Circus and <laughs> yeah, like eyes up and like let's we're gonna have a conversation about this. And then it, yeah, it was just so <laughs> shocking to me. Which again makes him just as much 
a, a villain. It makes him just as much a villain as if he was the murderer. It doesn't matter. He's he still is a, a villain. She doesn't end up with him. And they thank you know, God. Thank God. I thought the movie was gonna Me like too. And absolve I was like, him of the murders. I don't even know if I can do this. Exactly. I thought, and 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 I was so glad that they do not end up together because he is a like lunatic. But then the other thing is like they don't end up together, but it still seems from that last shot where she's going down the escalator, he's coming up the escalator, and they lock eyes again. Like, it still feels like she's kind of haunted by him and by, you know, this, like, attraction to him. And I'm like, it's just confounding because he is still... I think one of the worst people she's ever encountered in her entire life. I I would ask this about her because he asked her from the very beginning, trust me, trust me, trust me. That he said that a few times. She does not trust him. If she just trusted him, wouldn't they be in a great relationship? (laughs) No. She'd be dead. Yeah. Wait. Somehow, oh, somewhere. Oh, right. If she didn't start to do some of the investigative yeah. footwork, yeah. I guess she yeah. would be dead. So maybe, Eventually, yes. Natasha McElhone yeah. would have gotten her. But, but I like guess from his he, point of when view, he finds he the necklace is right. and says, When he finds the necklace and says, where did you get this necklace? Which matches his ex-girlfriend's dead, ex-girl, missing ex-girlfriend's necklace. She says, your sister gave it to me. At that moment, he should put it together. At that well, moment, he should be like, my I sister thought, is marking my girlfriends for death. I thought yeah. that, the, yeah. I thought the sister wanted to fuck her, too, by the way. I felt that there well, was an that energy. that was very clearly being insinuated. Yeah. We yes. Were, yes, we were being toyed with that. But I thought that I was confused about when he picked up that necklace because it seemed like when she came out at the that giant, like, snow... Um, climbing event whatever that yeah. thing was which was like packed to the gills um it seemed like she he did clock the necklace there because she comes out with that necklace on yeah and well he's getting pissed off with her at that point like he's starting to get like a little like you like he's starting to like i'm not telling her i'm on a talk show i'm reading family circus talk show. I, I, I remember when he, when he goes yeah, <laughs> yeah i booked yeah, a talk yeah. show appearance what's the big deal she's like you didn't tell me about it and he's like Meh. and his friend goes to pick him up to drive him to a talk show and then like which which is framed in a way that is almost like oh he's a liar he's keeping secrets again to keep us feeling like but it i genuinely believe if she had just stayed at home and turned on the tv she would have seen him on television. He was definitely yeah. on a talk you know? show. He <laughs> was definitely on a talk like, show. He and just it, was doing a chat, a chat show appearance. And it seemed like, by the way, he seems like he'd be a terrible guest on a chat show. Like, oh, he doesn't yeah. seem like, God. you don't want to see him on Graham Norton, just like telling a really <laughs> depressing story about killing a fish. Yeah, like, people uh-huh. died that day. <laughs> Uh, I love your book. It's fantastic. It's not fantastic. People and die. Also My wife died. Also talking to Tom Hanks, who has a very funny story from the making of Larry Crown. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. 
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. But the like the, the idea that like she also goes to that like that rock climbing event or the mountain climber event and she's like isolated in the top like he doesn't like take her around. Like it seems like the minute he's he gets married to her, he's such a dick. Yeah, right. He's such a fucking dick, and that's the thing. Like, there's the movie is so weird because I also kind of felt like her ex boyfriend was a little bit of a dick in the end as well. Wait, like, how do you see him at the end? Like that moment where he's, I guess, to me. If I were him and I had been in this long relationship with someone and they, after they brought in a, like a vase of flowers while I'm watching soccer, just announced like, I'm leaving you in this moment. I would be like, are you okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, that is what you're saying, June, is how adults would talk to each other. Well, he does you in know the moment, I mean? like, like, hey, we talk about what's this. What's going on? He does say like, hey, you know? can we talk for a second? She's like, no, I met someone because she, she goes i'm leaving you and he's like wait yeah and then he's like okay wait cool let's, let's talk about this and she's like no i met someone he's like god damn it like that's when he gets upset you know which is fine i guess but i i, I just found everyone to be unappealing in a way like there was yes. nobody i thought heather graham was insane and i didn't understand her also her relationships at work everyone seems to hate her at work but she yet seems to be like <laughs> The uh, fax machine's empty, you dummy. Like, they treat her like she's an idiot. They also give her this moment where, because, I think because of Joseph Fine's effect on her and she's all now happy and excited and she's changed her wardrobe and everything, she, like, takes a bigger swing at work about, and they're like, great, you won the account, you're in charge now. And, I'm, and I keep writing in my notes while she's doing detective work, isn't she supposed to be inventing CD Rome stories? <laughs> like, like well, at, but, she's not going to work at all By the anymore. way, when, she, when you see her notepad, because she's distracted by Joseph Fine oh, yeah. on their first furtive glance, and the the guy is talking about what they need to do. She like he goes, we are the pioneers of you, you mean know not Alan Rickman. Not Alan Rickman says we are the pioneers of you know industrial uh, informative you know uh, text. <laughs> she just writes down the word pioneer. <laughs> and she has like smiley faces and other doodles on that pad. And that meant that at some point the um the director said we need an insert shot of what she's doing on the pad. Yeah. And they had to frame it and somebody in the art department had to doodle 
there's also a little doodle of a of a figure like a like a stick yeah, there's figure like a smiley face yeah and i'm like that that is the doodle of like a 19 year old well that's what i'm that saying is the she's paper acting of a child she's acting you know? like a kid there is like yeah. it like and it, she really is like she doesn't seem like she's going to work at all ever when she says when she announces again talk about the dialogue in this movie when she announces at the end i'm going to get my hair trimmed i'll be back after lunch Going to get my hair trimmed was such an, like, I don't even think I've ever heard anyone, like, <laughs> like yeah, going to get my hair trimmed. I don't know why this it is, struck me as weird, yeah, but it is I, weird. I also, I wrote it down because I also thought it was a weird f- way to phrase that. You know, I'm going to get my hair trimmed. I don't think anybody, wouldn't you just say I'm going to go to get my hair done or yeah, cut or whatever? I, mean, I don't know that I would tell anyone at work that I was leaving to go, my yep, working yeah. hours yeah. to go get my hair cut. Here is the thing I'm going to say that I don't know if you guys were bothered by this, but it made me incensed for the for the first two thirds of the movie um, in very kind of noiry, um, you know, erotic thrillery way. Heather Graham is giving is doing VO, but the VO is a conversation she's having oh, right. with a pol- with a police officer. Right, with and two, about she three runs, quarters yeah, of the way exactly what you're talking about. Three quarters of the way through the movie, we catch up to that scene with the police officer in the police station, and it's now we are current, okay? And then she leaves the police station, and the rest of the movie happens, but she still has VO. Well, but who is you, she talking to? But did you stay for the post? credit scene because no. the post credit scene is her having coffee with that police officer and then they fuck and then that, no. would, be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible so then but there I is left the, the reality of like yeah. the movie really is not this is where I'm like this is a, there, this is egregious there was no you VO in this want, movie there was no VO on the page VO. there was no you, VO on that page uh, yeah. and they retroactively they I mean because uh. again listen to the end VO and that's how it ended yet not a day goes by Without at least one thought about the passion. Maybe I was so blinded by it that I missed all the clues to his past. Maybe a flatlander like me can't live at that altitude. Maybe it never would have been possible to sustain what we had. Maybe. Well, that's what I tell myself. Like that NVO, where she's like, I, I'm a flatlander. Like, has yeah. that ever even been a part of the story? Truthfully, yeah, they like, said it early I, in the said movie. It, yeah. but they said it in the beginning. But I mean, but it's also like that's not the the thrust of this movie. Like, that well, it's she also couldn't like survive the VO high wasn't altitudes. VO. The VO that we've been listening to wasn't VO. It was right. it was it was a dialogue scene that we eventually catch up to. Is she writing so her when own book? So when she's giving, yeah, oh, so when she's giving, writing it for her. And this what is, is like this VO? I don't know. Who is this for? I think the I think what yes what we what they were going for is this idea of like she's from the Midwest she's a flatlander you know it's not just about climbing it's about is she willing to like pursue a path that's really dangerous and unexpected is she going to leave her ho hum life with this guy and but the it wasn't world of set CD up realms as, it wasn't set up as ho hum and that's my big issue too it's like give me at least show me. Like, she seems to be, they said to her in the beginning, they established her character as, like, you are the, you are the person. Like, they literally say, like, 
she they brought her in because she does like she's good at this. They give her some sort of title in the beginning. So it's not like, oh, she's the shy secretary. Like, what's her arc? Like, what is the arc of this character? Not to make it. I hear what you're saying. It's like she's just she does seem like she might. It's hard to know if she's like sexually satisfied in the beginning of the movie. We I think we are meant to believe that she thinks she is until. Right. This gentleman. She has this. Yeah. Yeah. She puts her hand on that on that walk sign and and everything changes and she realizes is like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. And then yeah, right. this whole thing unlocks. And But it's just, it's just so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> well, and later her, in VO, later in VO, she says, I th- sometimes I, th- something to the effect of, sometimes I think about what if I hadn't, touched that sign what if i'd never met him or what if she she posits this life she might have had if she had never you know connected with if i hadn't she says if i hadn't looked up and like met his eyes or whatever and it's it really is this i think the movie thinks it's like a an erotic take on a alice through the looking glass and sexuality her like discovering her sexuality or discovering some sort of sexual identity that she didn't heretofore know existed but it doesn't do a good job of that and it really makes a mess of everybody's life because at the end of the day to what you were saying Paul I don't know what she wants right it, it like I don't know what Heather Graham's character's want is in the movie writ large right I don't well, know what that's she the wants thing. it's like she has a great job she's respected even though the, her co-worker her co-workers seem jealous of the attention that fake Alan Rickman is giving her like you got the goods and so she's got that she's not I, I, I even think that like we're told that the sex has changed her, that she bought nice lingerie and she's dressing more colorfully. But again, like, I guess her hair is in a bun in the beginning and then it's down. That maybe she is a change. She seems to be more confident at work and is getting more responsibility. She barely I don't is know. at work. She's barely out and she never even she's takes charge in the there. sexual. She doesn't take charge in this. Like, to me, put him on the table, ratchet him down and then go, did you rape that girl? Like, you know, like give yeah. her some power. I guess she kills. I mean, we did, we did mess. We didn't talk about that. She does kill Natasha McElhone. Yeah. But, but she, name in the movie is Deborah, <laughs> which I really had a problem with. <laughs> so Deborah, I, 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 uh, yeah, this, this is not a Deborah. No, that's not Deborah at all. I mean, Joanna, maybe I'll take that. I mean, but she, but she, she kills her, and it doesn't seem like the police are in, taking her into custody at all. Like the police aren't or like, even, yeah, like they're not even going to question her. Joseph Fiennes is is brought. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna, we're taking you to talk yeah. to you a little bit. But like the cops, but you're here, free to go, ma'am. Ma'am, I know you <laughs> shot her, probably in self defense. We'll get back to you. Take your time. Hit us up. Here's our number. Text us if you got some information. Like she just out now killed this woman who. No one knows is a killer. Like no one has any information. Like she's a sure. You know she's not really holding a weapon. I guess she's holding a shovel. Uh, but it, like we don't know the full story at this point. Uh, testify. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's such a like you want her on the stand at the end doing this monologue, and that's how I like you know you you want to see some change or power or something, and it just seems or, like a yeah, botched yeah, exactly. relationship. To, yeah, and for her to like. I don't know, like, really make sure and drill down on the fact that, like, yes, she did, you know, under she's, I guess, cracked the case on who murdered these women, but also, like, is holding him accountable for his actions inside of all of this, you know, including the alleged rape, including all of the elements that have been, all of the things that are 
a testament to his volatile, violent kind of personality that, that I think she also needs to be like, I got to get away from this, you know? Also, justice for the people who also were killed in that mountain accident. Why is Natasha yeah. McAlone uh, killing them? Yeah. What did they do? They did nothing. Yeah. They're just friends. They did nothing. They did nothing. They, did, and they, they, they just happened to be like harnessed on the same thing, yeah. you know? And I how mean. fucked up. Yeah. I mean, so fucked up. Obviously, we have opinions about this movie, but there are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit, yet this person recommends it. Tell me what is the message? Maybe that art is subjective. Thank you, John Lejoie. Now, interesting thing about this movie. Um, Very rarely, if ever, have we done a movie that has zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. Uh, Never done a movie that has zero. Uh, But here... Uh, There are 477 reviews of Killing Me Softly, and uh, basically... A majority of them are five stars. I mean, the, the people love this movie. Um, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, but so, it still has a zero for Rotten I don't Tomatoes. Understand. Rotten Tomatoes is critics. So uh, this is five it. stars oh. from Amazon. So this I is. See, a, I see. I see. I see. So I just wanted to bring up that the zero Rotten Tomatoes is a different metric. So my guess is critics are like this movie stinks, and Amazon is like horny weirdos love it. Well, yes. So uh, Nate Kylie, who does all of our research, uh, did a great job of. Of going through and finding, look, I'm just going to say it. There's a lot of creepy reviews here. I'm not going to get into how everyone is watching this movie and all that sort of stuff. I will say that there's plenty of them to enjoy if that's what you want to read. I'm going to read some of the other ones here uh, from Shopper. Shopper likes... Love the suspense and exploration of being controlled. Surrender, submission, and domination. Erotic asphyxiation. Great sex scenes for mainstream actors. It's not a blockbuster, but it's definitely entertaining. Five stars. And then uh, we get this one, uh, which I think is maybe missing the point, from Blair. Blair writes... I've always loved this movie. I could watch it over and over again. It's crazy what love can make a person do. Five stars. I don't think oh, that that's... No. I that don't think... A, what? That is a cry for help. <laughs> and then uh, then there is a lot of... Um, a lot of Joseph Fiennes love here. A lot of people who are like, ooh la la, Joseph Fiennes. Uh, but yeah, that's just a little taste. And again, I'm avoiding a lot of them just because they're they're creepy. Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, this movie was going to be released uh, in theaters, but they decided to switch that up for a direct-to-DVD launch. Um, they... Uh, what year is this? 2003 was when it was released. It was okay. shot in 2002. Um, those sex scenes took seven days to film. Oh, God. And her and Joseph Fiennes both did not wear modesty pouches because they wanted to make it as real as possible so the audience would feel like they are not being cheated. Uh, is what they both have said in interviews. And then the movie went direct to DVD. Yes. What a... (laughs) And uh, the budget of this movie was uh, $25 million. Oh my God, really? $25 million. It made $7 million. The top three movies of 2002 are Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and Spider-Man. This movie was beaten by Crossroads, Britney Spears' film, and The Master of Disguise. So uh, just a little taste there of this movie. Uh, But yeah, this this is an interesting... Interesting uh, 
a really interesting, weird movie because it is trying so hard to be so many things. And like I said, I've seen, we've talked about these movies, Color of Night. There's a movie that I saw with Kim Basinger in a tower, like a psychological erotic thriller and uh, nine and a half weeks. And it feels like it's neither erotic or a thriller. It's, it's, it feels like it's trying to do both. And like you said, Jason, it just stops in the middle from being one and switches to the other. And I feel like that... And the what the movie that it turns into in the second half informs the first half very differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it seem as though the first half is him, frankly, grooming someone to be murdered. It's like you, know? it's like that, you got... It, that's, yeah. that's not how you feel in the first half. No, it, that's it, not what it seems like is happening. Like, it feels to me like he's going to keep on pushing her to do these things that are out of her comfort zone and then... It will maybe eventually kill her or it will or or, or she's going to have some sort of like that seems what it is like she's going out of her comfort zone. But then she just becomes an investigative journalist. It's almost as if they're giving you pieces of a puzzle and then you find out they're not puzzle pieces at all. It's actually pieces of food and you have a pizza in front of you. It's like, wait, I thought I was doing a puzzle. Like, I, I, I guess I'm a eating pizza? a pizza. Like, it's so like it. I'm so well, it also <laughs> like none of the reveals. You know, like the Natasha McElhone, like, is the murderer reveal you can kind of see coming. But like the incest reveal, you would never in your wildest imagination think that is her motivation. Well, I thought that I, I thought that Natasha was writing the letters. I didn't know she was the murderer. But what I thought was, and this is my bigger thought, because I'm thinking about like, what is the kink here? What's what am I missing? And I'm like, oh, the kink is Natasha and Joseph Fiennes are a couple. And they are they are not brother and sister, but they act like brother and sister to like kind of uh, bring people yeah. into this web and like kind of fuck with too. them. And like I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And but they're the lovers. And then yeah. when they like use up somebody, they get rid of them. Like it's almost Got like they talk, like they double team someone. And, and like because I, I was expecting Natasha to have sex with Nat- Heather Graham, I was like, that, they kept like, in, they kept insinuating, yes, that, you know, like uh, they, lingering like touches and glances. Like they kept like suggesting that Natasha McElhone might be trying to seduce Heather Graham, right? Away, and she's jealous, know? and and it felt like their their game was that. Like to me, that's a more interesting movie. Like that because she doesn't know she's allowed to be like oh that she's like oh yeah that's my brother like oh and then you it would be like and then you would have like this crazy three three summer you know and it's like oh wait you've you've fallen victim into this world but it's not even that interesting like that to me look and this is why i've been trying to get my erotic thrillers off the ground june you refuse to read them but i really i'm writing some really great stuff especially <laughs> in quarantine uh novelizations uh, movies uh web series uh vr metaverse i'm doing i have a lot of great ideas uh erotic thriller people come come get me i'm ready to go like oh god <laughs> get me Come get me. Um, would you recommend erotic thriller people? Come get me. <laughs> Pick me up. I don't think Pick that's me up. How they like you're about to be you like get these things to to market. Uh, you know, you gotta, I gotta, you gotta get it out there in the world. I gotta, I gotta say it to get it. Um, you think they're gonna like? come pick you up here and take you to <laughs> bring me bring me home bring me home erotic thriller people uh so uh, uh can we uh would we recommend this movie would you say people should watch this movie i would not i would not i did not enjoy this movie very much you know like i thought this movie like in the realm of erotic thrillers 
There's a million other erotic thrillers that I would say watch instead. Of watch course. Body Heat. Watch, watch Jagged Edge. Watch. There's a lot of great erotic thrillers. I, I like, did this laugh is a lot though in this. Good. I mean, I there. I mean, so many yeah. Laughs. I guess so. that's why yeah. I really. I actually. I do recommend it because I did enjoy it. I did. Yeah. I thought it was utterly insane, but I. And I think it's so absurd, and there's so many insane performance choices. I thought that yeah. I just kind of enjoyed it, and. I was, you know what? I was honestly really surprised we had never seen it before. I was like, oh, this is so kind of classically terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't like believe what I was watching. Honestly, just for those two shots alone of people falling off the mountains, (laughs) I would really do think it's worth it. And if you see the beginning, like, just know there's going to be another sequence yeah. where we're going to flash back to those people falling off the mountains. And it's oh, going to be and even funnier. I, even crazy. Second time. I, I will say that, yeah, I will say that the, the dialogue in this movie will make you laugh. Yeah. Multiple times, I think that there are some reaction shots of being scared and happy that are <laughs> incredibly comical. I think that Joseph finds is trying to be scary at points, but looks straight up goofy. And yeah. that, and and, and, and I don't and, think and that, Heather Graham is trying to be scared at points and yes, looks yes. straight up goofy. Like, yeah. it's, would this? Well, this leads into my question: Would this movie have worked better if it was Rafe Fiennes and Naomi Watts? Oh, yes. yes. I mean, Jason, yes. Right? It is so hard between, you know, her big eyes and his big sweaters to take anything seriously. The movie does not, the movie is constantly telling us that they have this electric chemistry and this connection that cannot be denied. And I don't think that's on display in the film. The film is just telling us that it's not showing us that. And that is what makes this film, I think, quite hard to get access to and why it seems often silly, you know, right. and, and, it and, does and, seem and, silly. And, and absurd that people are behaving the way they're behaving because. Ooh, I'm just not buying it. Really, it, it, has you know? a, it has a bit of like fan fiction esque, like uh, plotting to it because it is so naive and so open. And I, I've seen Fifty Shades of Grey. I also think there's some very laughable moments in there as well. And I think it's I think it's hard because I think they want to show the sexual awakening. And I think the only way to kind of do that is to like virginalize like the the uh, the female. You know, they'd be like, oh my, oh oh, but it but it. But it also, like, it does make the movie wonky because it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. There are moments in this movie that I was like, Ugh. like, I actually preferred There's them close. secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, there is a moment where after they've just fucked again, they're fully clothed, laying down on the ground, almost like, um, I feel like it felt like a Peanuts cartoon or something like that. I'm like, then I also feel weird. It's like. Like I just don't know. Like a I don't pe- even. Yeah. Wait, it reminded you of a peanut. I don't cartoon? know why. I was like, "What does this remind me of?" Because it was like the two of them laying on the ground, like looking up in the sky, like fully Linus cl- and Lucy, like lying yeah, on the like on a, the floor. Like yeah. look, that's what it looked like to me. And I was like, "What's going on here? Why are they so fully clothed?" Like I was like, "Did they only agree to one no. nudity scene?" And then I said to June, "I was like, I bet you it was like we're gonna do it once, and then we're never gonna go back to it." And June's like, "Well, now that you said it took seven days, I'm like, I that's why they're not. I feel like yeah." That's that's too. That's too much. Too much. You know, like well, the rest of it happened too quickly. Like to me, that that's just a plotting, you know, failure. Where we, we should have been wanting to see these two have sex for a long yeah. time, and, and oh yeah, that's just like it, it, it's just such a you know. A, a, 
And listen, that's the problem is that I was uncomfortable when they had their clothes off. I was uncomfortable when they had their clothes on. Like nothing. I was uncomfortable in that kimono and those sweaters. They didn't seem fit. They didn't seem to have a genuine connection at all. And, you know what I mean? And like to each other, i.e. getting married because they get married. Like they get married like and within seemingly days no one of from meeting. her side is there. I'll ask you this question and I'm sorry if I don't think I zoned out in this podcast because I'm here and I'm attentive. Do we determine what's in that closet with the padlock besides a couple of letters? Oh, it's got like climbing equipment in it. So it's, it's, it, it just looks like I think my so it's assumption like a locker? was like, I mean, he's like that nervous. Yeah, My and, assumption was it was like his the love letters was what he was like. Uh, but but, seeming, but seemingly, I guess that lock. But it, like, I also that lock like, looks like it was there th- for a long time. It looks yeah, like, yeah, I also thought it was going to be a Fifty Shades of Grey style, like, you know, sex toy closet or something like that. But no, it seems to be like personal artifacts that are private. And, I don't know. And, and to me, it's like those. Why you lock need it up? A, you I need think a whole honestly, closet. I think it's there just to have a locked closet. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just like, that. Well, because like the idea it's is again, like, just to cast more suspicion on. Him. Right. Because, Why would he need this? Because you can hide this? letters anywhere yeah like letters are not a a tricky thing to hide it's like oh this big thing you know and and it's also like what's so wrong about it like when she does when he does throw the letters at her it's like ah you found them you found them it's like well yeah i mean like he see i I don't know i mean like again it's i think it's really just manipulating us to think right the movie is about tricking us to think worse of him yeah the movie is manipulating us to think worse of him and as so that we buy into the fact that she is in mortal danger. And traditionally, and the reality like is she has just married an asshole, not a murderer. And traditionally, she's married a psychopath. Movies not a like this are supposed to let us, like, because even that movie that we did with Chaz Palmonteri, like, right? we we did that a little while ago, about a year ago, like that one, like, nope, that, I don't think so. Remember with Chaz Palmonteri? No, I'm just, uh, I don't remember any. I don't remember any movies. Uh, that one. Wait, which one? With Linda Fiorentino, Jade. Oh yes, right. That was Joe the other, movie. Yes, yes, yeah, and that yes, was, yes. Like, thank you. Like it's one. I think even when done, like that movie was whatever. But at the end, you look back and go, "Oh, now I see the connection." But this movie was tricking you along the way. Like it is. Correct. Like it's. It's not like the Sixth Sense where you're like, "I see it now." It's like, no, right. no, no. I, I'm fool. I'm as the director and writer. I'm saying. Fuck you. Like, yeah. you know, it's like it's yeah, none of it makes sense. Like when you and have it's not the, a puzzle you could have put together because you could never have guessed incest, jealousy, um, psychotic anger and behavior. Like like basically those two Natasha McLehone and Jane, uh, uh, Joseph Fiennes, rather, are so fucked up as individuals that they are just wreaking havoc in the lives of everybody they come in touch with. Uh, you know, they are just so they are monsters, such monsters. And but look, maybe we're just Flatlanders and we don't get it. Uh, yeah. Jason, June, what do you want to tell people about? Um, I, you know what, I'm going to say, you know, if, if you are liking this show, this episode, this movie, uh, you know, very funny, but like also kind of like a grind. I'm going to just say, send your friends, recommend this show to your friends by sending them the Voyage of the Rock Aliens episode. Mm. Like, I need more people to watch people Voyage of the Rock Aliens. People want us to do it again. People are like, I hope you are being honest and saying that you would do it again. Since we did it, I have not stopped telling people to watch it. Mm-hmm. I've not stopped talking about it. And so I want to tell people, send that episode and that movie 
to people that don't listen to the podcast or don't or just send the movie to people irrelevant of the podcast. Ex- expose people to one of the true joys of the last few months of my life, I which was agree. the movie Voyage of the Rock Aliens. I, I mean, I think we may have to do it again. I, I, I don't know. I, maybe we do that maybe as a, at a live show. show. Yeah. It would be fun. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've already forgotten it. So I actually, and it was, it was definitely with me when I saw it and I know it's important, but, um, you're the one who said it again. You were the one who spearheaded. We needed to do it again. As I think about it, a lot of it's coming back to me and I do know it was important. I do know it was important. Yeah, that's it. All right. I love it. Um, a big thank you to our super producer, uh, Cody Fisher, our engineer, Devin Bryant, our movie producer uh, who picks all these great films, and that is Avril Halley. She sits through all these films all the time. Our researcher, Nate Kiley, our producer, Molly Reynolds, and our publisher, July Diaz. A huge shout out to all the amazing art that we get from the ghost of Craig T. Nelson on Instagram. That is Zach McAleese. And of course, Nate Kylie. You can see all of that on all of our socials. And we are just at HDTGM. And if you are following that weird HDTGM account, which is like underscore HDTGM on Instagram, stop. That's not us. Uh, we've tried to get it back, but we haven't. And if you want to wear any of the merch from the show, we normally have a shirt or sticker or something from every episode. And that is up at tpublic.com. Uh, just search for uh, How Did This Get Made? And you We'll find our store right there with reasonable prices all the time. Well, I want to make sure that I tell people to check in next week because in between each of our big episodes, we have a different episode where we hear from you. You can tell us what you liked about the movie, what you didn't like about the movie, maybe things that we got wrong about the film. Give us a call at 619-PAULASK. That's 619-PAULASK. You can also leave your comment on our Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm. And you know what? We're also going to be there to answer your questions. That's right. If you have problems in your life, I try to take on your problems and give you an answer, an unbiased opinion. And Cody helps me. And so does Devin sometimes. So you can also ask that on our Paul helpline. Plus, Jason will be there and we'll be talking about what we're watching in quarantine. So much is happening in those episodes. So make sure you tune in and give us a call at 619-PAUL-ASK. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.